This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in. Take command. Craig Hoffman here. Logan Paulson there. I cover the team. He played for the team. Eric Flack grew up rooting for the team. At least I think he did. He's a local guy. Now works for WUSA 9. You watch him on television. He does a great job covering all kinds of things. And uh, despite the fact that he is a news reporter, uh, there's a lot of news happening with this Commanders Club. We will, later in the show, get into OTAs, obviously week two, so we'll get to the on-the-field stuff, what Logan saw. We will also, because it is a Thursday, round out our off-season scouting reports uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, spend a few minutes on them on the back end of the podcast. But we do welcome in Eric Flack from WUSA 9, who's covering both the stadium, well, it's kind of a fiasco at the moment, and the congressional investigation. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity, fellas. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let me ask you this to start. How related are these two stories? Because you have public support, and to catch everybody up on the news, which I'm sure you will in your answer as well, yesterday they were supposed to take this vote to help approve funding in Virginia for the stadium. They wound up delaying that because, as you and others have reported, it doesn't look like they actually have the votes to get this right now. Public support and obviously congressional support at the state level in the Commonwealth of Virginia has plummeted as this investigation and these investigations have continued to pick up. So how related are these two stories that you have found yourself covering as a news guy talking about the commanders craig I, I think they're very related and to kind of explain why let's go back in history just a couple months to january 2022 when this idea of a funding bill uh to help daniel snyder pay and build a stadium in virginia was first introduced it passed the virginia legislature in the senate and the house their finance committees it passed overwhelmingly this plan with bipartisan support republicans and democrats were all on board with giving uh dan snyder a billion dollars a billion not million b uh to help build this stadium but there's a process that legislation goes through and that was only the first step as that bill worked its way through the Virginia legislature and the process of becoming a law, things started really unraveling for, for the team. You had the sexual harassment investigation. Then you had the allegations of financial mismanagement that ended up getting referred to the Federal Trade Commission. They're investigating. The Virginia Attorney General has launched an investigation into those financial allegations. And as these allegations and additional investigations have stacked up, support for the bill in Virginia has just plummeted. 
they initially took that $1 billion package and cut it to $350 million, hoping to kind of ebb the pushback they were getting in the public for giving that much money to Daniel Snyder. Well, that $350 million has now been pared down under $300 million. I'm hearing it's around $290 million. But what's worse is that a number of state senators who originally supported it have publicly come out and said they oppose it now. So when you ask how much does all the investigations and the most recent news of Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell being asked to appear in front of this congressional committee, it, it certainly is not helping because he already had an image problem. His image problem is getting worse, not better, and it's working against him with this funding bill in Virginia. So if it comes down, let's say he rallies support and at the current bill of 290, if you're planning on a billion, 290 ain't going to pay the bills. What does it get? And also, how much of this is location dependent? Because, like, just again, trying to explain as we go here, because this is very convoluted and very detail-oriented, there's this commission that approves funding, and it was initially, I think, started to help, like, the Richmond uh, minor league baseball team, like, have a baseball commission for a stadium. Like, it's very convoluted how this winds up in that committee and and relative to the commanders. But ultimately, there's this stadium commission that wants to approve this money for a stadium now a football stadium and it's the same group of people and as they put out this woodbridge site the public backlash was immense on that as well where nobody seems to want that site uh including by the way the people that represent the area um so how much does 290 million get and how much of this is related to the potential location of this stadium with the land securing that that the commanders did last week Let's answer your last question first. Okay. The money is good for any location in Northern Virginia. So whether they get the approval and the local uh, sign-off to build in Woodbridge or be at Loudoun or out in Dumfries, if they pass a funding package, that money can be used to help Daniel Snyder build that stadium anywhere in Northern Virginia. You asked about the significance of $290 million. We are all unclear as to what Daniel Snyder's financial situation is right now, other than we know that he had to take out a lot of debt to buy out his former partners. But we also know he's pretty darn rich. He owns an NFL team. So is $290 million going to make the difference on a $2 billion project? Maybe not. To me, it would be more of a show of support somebody coming out publicly and saying, we're going to stand with you, Daniel Snyder. We're going to stand with you, Washington Commanders. We want to be in business with you. And I think the significance and the symbolism of that, were it to happen, may be more important than the dollars itself. Because you're right, in the scope of a project like this, $290 million, not the biggest amount of money in the world. And obviously people are like putting their money where their mouth is, right? It went from a billion, obviously, to 290 million. Like you said, what would it take, do you think, and you know, all this is speculation at this point, to get the community to get back to that billion dollar number? Is it directly correlated to Dan or is there something kind of soured in the public about the team itself? 
Yeah, that's a good question, Logan. I think that there is a public image problem right now because I think that at some level, some of these lawmakers went into their communities after this idea first came out and talked to their voters. And some of them tell me they got a lot of negative feedback. Mm. The last polling that was done on this in Virginia was in 2016. Remember, as you guys know, we've been talking about this stadium issue for a while now. In 2016, the Virginia Chamber of Commerce, this is the group that's all about business in Virginia, went out and polled Virginians and asked them two questions. One, do you want a stadium in Virginia? Two, do you want public tax dollars to go to that stadium? Less than half, about 49% said we want a stadium at all. So that number's okay, about half. 23% of respondents agreed with putting any sort of public money towards a stadium. And that number is problematic. That was in 2016, and we're starting to see that I don't think opinions have changed. So to answer your question, Logan, I don't think we're getting back to that billion-dollar figure at all. I think the question is, is there support at all to even give them 290? And is that is that dynamic of those percentages, um, to your knowledge, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, is that an unusual percentage? You know, my parents live out in L.A., and there was a little bit of you know, I don't want to say similar numbers, but like there was a little bit of like, you know, we don't want public money going to a private venture type of thing uh, for that stadium as well, but it ends up getting done. Is there any of that going on here? How common is that to your knowledge? I mean, that's a very specific question, so I'm sorry. No, and I think it's a good question. And while I don't know comparables, I think you do bring up a good point. When you fill out a survey and the survey says, right. basically, do you want to give your tax dollars to a billionaire? It's kind of a loaded <laughs> question, right? right. <laughs> we mean, need some better polling. Come yeah, on, posters. And, so, and I think, so I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, but in general, you know, you've got to have support for the concept right. in general. And that's what I think the team is struggling with right now. Yeah, and this is something that I think, to your point, Logan, has been happening nationwide. Like, we saw what happened in Florida with the Marlins and how their ownership, like, stole basically hundreds of million dollars uh, for this this private stadium down there. Um, We've seen it just recently in New York. There are people that are really upset with the state of New York for how they're going to finance the Buffalo Stadium. Um, and and can I point out yeah. that's a lot of money up in Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, it's like a two billion dollar gi- public finance. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're giving a lot of money. And Cronky out and where your parents live, Logan, you know, in in L.A., uh, he built that stadium with his own money, and yeah, he's kind right. of the comparable to Snyder in many ways because he also isn't from what I understand, super well liked either. <laughs> and you know, but he made a decision. You know what? I'm going to have to do this on my own. Right. And I think that's got to be what Daniel Snyder is is talking about right now mm. behind closed doors is it looks like I'm going to have to do this on my own. Now, is that the reason the plans that we just uncovered um, say they're looking at a 55,000 you know, seat stadium, one of the smallest in the NFL, because he just can't afford to build something better? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so this gets into an interesting discussion. We can kind of throw this around amongst the three of us too, though. So to me, there's there's two major differences between Kroenke and Snyder. 
One, um, much of Kroenke's hatred is uh, at least <laughs> centered in St. Louis because he took the team away from them. Um, and, you know, when you're like, hey, I brought you a football team, there's at least some support in L.A. But I will say this, Kroenke is rich, like ridiculous by by rich people standards stan Kroenke is rich and by the way he's the second richest person in his marriage because his wife is the heiress to the is is like in the walton family the heiress to the walmart fortune so Kroenke is like worth billions on his own his wife is worth even more billions dan is not um dan is is as you said eric earlier has taken on this public or this this debt to buy out his partners he doesn't have other businesses necessarily everything is within the team so his wealth is that he owns a franchise worth probably somewhere between four and six billion dollars which is significant but you there's only so much i feel like you can leverage the that value of the thing that you are trying to build for you know, and, you can't you can't leverage your house to build another house. That, that's not necessarily how that works. No, and in a comparable, and we're going to start conflating sports here, but it's kind of the same thing that the learners are facing right now. Owners of the Washington Nationals, you know, they're wildly rich, but they're not liquid right now because yes. the commercial real estate business got took such a hit. I don't think Dan Snyder, and again, I don't have I don't have. any privy to Dan Snyder's financial situation other than, you know, what we can see from the outside. And from the outside, it does not appear that Dan Snyder is very liquid either. Mm. And, you know, you know, taking on even more debt to build a stadium, you know, that's, that's a, that's an all time credit card bill, you know? Yeah. So in order, Um, so I guess, I guess this is like more of a business management type situation, but like, how else would you go about financing a stadium if the government's not going to pay for it? Can you get private investment in a stadium like this? And is, that, yes. is there a precedent for that? Yeah. I mean, you have to go out and you have to find investors and you have to raise the capital. I mean, the bonds themselves, let's, again, this is a complicated process, but let's go back to what they were doing in Virginia. The, what, there, uh, uh, what there is on the table in Virginia is an agreement to help Daniel Snyder pay back the bonds Hmm. that he's going to take out to build the stadium. The bonds being a loan, right, to all the people out there. And what the agreement is, is if you take out this loan through bonds to build your stadium, we will let you take some of our state tax revenue, the money we're going to make from your stadium, we'll give it back to you to help pay off your loan. So there is precedent. The question is, you know, when you're starting from scratch, you know, it becomes more and more difficult. And of course, you need permission to build in the first place, which, which is also the other issue right now of finding a location. I almost was going to ask if you, if you were a betting man, but you're better than a betting man. You're a reporter. <laughs> if you had to guess where this stadium ultimately winds up, is it Virginia? Does some miracle happen where RFK becomes available in D.C.? Because that's really the only place it could be in D.C. Or are we looking at something else in Landover, which seems like the one and only spot remaining in in Maryland now that National Harbor has been taken off the table? Okay, I'll work through least likely to most likely (laughs) from where I'm standing. D.C. is where we all want it. That's where I want it as a a, kid who grew up here. Muriel Bowser has been trying 
But she even wrote a bill that the uh, city council won't even bring in front of the full city council because there was so much opposition and animosity between the city council and the mayor. So not only is there all these logistical uh, hurdles as far as getting control of the land and getting Congress on board, the city of D.C. is not even unified in wanting this RFK. So to me, that is out. We like to keep talking about it. It's just not going to happen from where I'm standing right now. You know, Prince George's County is a really, really interesting situation because they have invested and are going to invest regardless. Dan Snyder could be arrested tomorrow on some random thing. They are investing in that community. They have said we're putting $450 million into the area around FedEx for all the economic development that was supposed to happen but never did. And we're doing this with or without a football stadium. We think we are seeding the land for Dan Snyder and to build FedEx 2.0. We think this is the right place for him to do it. We are going to be building amphitheaters and improving transit and roads and building cultural centers. And this is going to be where you're going to want to be. But Dan Snyder, you're going to pay for it yourself. But we really want you to build here. We really want the commanders to be a part of this uh, community moving forward. And Dan Snyder actually owns the land out there. So he doesn't have to plunk down another $200 million like he's offered to in Woodbridge if they move forward with that site to buy the land, you know, he or $100 million or whatever it was. Um, I think it was $100 million for 200 acres in Woodbridge. But he doesn't have to. It's, it's one expenditure he doesn't have. I continue to trust what I see, which is what I do as a reporter. And I see Daniel Snyder moving his estate to Virginia and building this mecca for a, as a place to live. I see that when we first uncovered plans months ago for sites, it was all focused on Virginia. I see them making moves in Virginia. I see the state legislature in Virginia talking about a plan to help fund the stadium. It might not happen. But all eyes have been on Virginia. All talk has been on Virginia. And to me, when there's that much smoke, there's got to be fire somewhere. And I just think deep down, whether he gets money or not, Dan Snyder wants to build this stadium in Virginia. I think he wants to reset the narrative of the franchise. I've done reporting that shows that the, the re market research data shows that the, there's more Commanders fans in Virginia than there are in Maryland. He has to compete with the Ravens. I think he wants to take his lemonade stand, go to Virginia, set up, start over, and build a new legacy. I may be the jerk at the end holding the bag who was completely wrong when he just <laughs> rebuilds in FedEx. Or he may, because of financial situations that we aren't co completely privy to, he may make a financial decision that he needs to just stay where he is and build a new stadium there because he doesn't really have a lot of options. But in the end, my gut tells me one way or another, this stadium is going to end up in the Commonwealth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So 
let's circle back around to the investigation then real quick and then, then close out. Um, he and Goodell, Snyder and Goodell, get asked to testify um, about the workplace harassment and all of the things that are under investigation. What are the chances that they uh, accept that invitation? And what do you think we would learn if they actually took the stand? I'm sorry. I just love the phrasing they used, invitation. We would like to invite you on the 22nd of June. uh, And if you don't accept, there'll be a subpoena. So have fun. (laughs) Kindly regrets. Um, So here is uh, both of their options. They can show up willingly. They can say no and see if they get subpoenaed. They can also show up and say nothing. At least, you know, you know, Snyder and all his lawyers can say, you know, I don't, I can't answer this and just play wordsmith with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, that commission, uh, that oversight committee has said this is not about the Washington commanders per se. We are trying to clean up corporate workplace culture And we need to figure out if there are more steps we need to take to protect all workplaces from the type of behavior that was going on inside the Washington commanders that we aren't sure has ever been fully addressed, which is why you get Roger Goodell brought into this, because they want to ask Snyder, what happened and what do you do about it? And they want to ask Goodell, hey, what has the NFL done about cleaning up its own car? corporate culture to make sure this isn't happening at other other franchises. So, I mean, listen, the Republicans have also put out a statement that said this is a sham and this is a waste of the committee's time. They have this has become a politicized thing. So if somehow Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell can drag this thing out after the midterm elections when the Republicans are expected to take back control of the House and all these committees. All of this could go away. But, you know, the, 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 the issue about whether or not they're going to show up, the team's statement was very, very carefully worded. It said, we look forward to responding promptly. But it said nothing about showing up. So they're right. doing a lot of wordsmith stuff, too. It would be an absolute circus if Dan Snyder and Roger Goodell showed up down there. And I just, I can't see them willingly participating in that circus. Yeah, that seems most likely. It seems a little, you know, I don't know anything about the political hierarchy and the precedent for something like this, but it seems a little bit like dog and pony show, kind of like a publicity stunt a little bit. Is that a correct vibe or is there actually something legitimate that can come out of this? I think it's a correct vibe. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off, Logan, but no, I, I, I think there's a correct vibe there. I think yeah. I think so much of what happens on Capitol Hill is a dog and pony show, yeah, right? right? I mean, all of these hearings. What are they truly going to get out right. of Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell in person that they can't get through requests and, and documentation? Right. They claim, the committee claims that they have been stonewalled, their questions have been stonewalled through NDAs and various other sources um, by the NFL and the team. Well, th- that's not going to change when you haul right. them in in front of person in person. You're just trying to publicly, you know, give them twenty lashes is what right. you're trying to do. And I, you know, listen. I, I don't know. I don't know how worthwhile all that is. I'm not a politician, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the questions. I, th- I think it's tough because the questions are valid, but bringing them is not going to 
to necessarily right. get the answers. And that's the that's the tough part. Do you bring them anyway and make them say no in person when they're on camera and they know what the clips are going to look? Oh, the, Dan Snyder didn't an- refuse to answer questions, and it's tough, and that's politics. And yeah, I mean, it sucks because at the end of the day, like this is. This is about them, but it's also about the people who were the victims. Like, this is not a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's something I think I've always, when talking about this stuff, tried to keep center. Is like, at the end of the day, this is accountability. Like, as Eric, you, you very well described, Congress has to, by the nature of their duty, try to make this about something bigger and about the ability to create new laws to prevent this from happening in the future. But there's also an accountability aspect uh, to the people that were working at, at Washington football at the time and were hurt and were victims of the harassment and, and other things that went on there. Yeah, and, and to your point, you know, what responsibility do those elected officials feel to the women who are victimized to let them sit there and see their alleged, uh, you know, abusers, you know, be asked tough questions in person and not be able to hide behind mm. corporate offices? Uh, mm. th- there may be some of that where even if it doesn't uh, uh, plow new ground, we don't learn much. At least, you know, those women feel as though they were heard and that somebody tried to take action. I, I guess that's a possibility as well. Right. Yeah. And by the way, that's something that Jerry Connolly, who represents them as their representative, has, has talked about when I interviewed him back in December, um, how that applies to the other lawmakers. is a different story. That's a that that could be a whole other thirty minute conversation uh, and, and much different podcast. I'll wrap up with this um, because I think the actual interesting thing is not the congressional investigation, is the Mary Jo White investigation, um, which could ultimately result in if Snyder is directly implicated, other owners being like, "We've had enough of this," and, and voting him out. That is the only way I think that happens. Let's just say for a second, for this, what I want to ask you that. That does happen. I am not predicting that. In fact, I would very much predict that is not happening, even if bad stuff comes out of that investigation. But what I want to ask you, Eric, is this. If someone besides Daniel Snyder were to suddenly own the Washington Commanders, how would that change the stadium discussion? Because I think that is interesting, and that is something that is worthwhile to, for us to wrap up on. That's a great question, and I think it's impossible not to believe that it would have a positive impact on the team's reputation, on how the team is received, and what sort of support the team gets for a stadium, for stadium financing, and all of it. I think it absolutely would make a huge difference. The problem is that wherever you stand on whether or not Daniel Snyder is in danger of losing this franchise, it is hard to believe that that process would happen so quickly that this stadium thing would not already be resolved. Even if they took a vote to force him to sell, the sale would still take time. And if you do math on the FedEx field lease ending in 2027, which is five years away, actually after the 2026 season, so we've got four more years there, um, and the timeline it takes to build a stadium, they are running out of time to get this deal started. The Buffalo Bills Stadium, I believe, is set to open in 2027, approved in earlier this year. So, you know, they need to make a decision. They need to start moving forward or else they need to start, you know, negotiating an extension on FedEx Field so they don't get kicked out and we have somewhere for them to play. Yeah. Eric Flack is the chief investigative reporter covering all kinds of stuff at WUSA 9, Murrow Award winner, Emmy Award winner. 
and fantastic podcast guest. Uh, yeah, follow him on Twitter, at Eric Flack TV. Eric, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, I'm sure as this story develops, we will be talking again. Hey, I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it.